Guys, what's going on? Welcome back to another episode of the Arsenio Buck Show. I am, of course, Arsenio, bringing to you today another Stephen Covey podcast. And you know what? Today's about symbols, manifestations of alignment, or the lack of it. So let me give you an example of that. So Stephen Covey wrote in his book, he said that a woman was participating at one of his events, right? And the husband recently left his company to work for a university. And he felt that that's where his interest was. So, but the thing is, after just four days, he went back to his former company. And you know what? With all the university's bureaucratic policies and procedures and all that bullshit, he had to fill out a requisition with three levels of approval to even get a pen. And you know what he said? He said, I don't want to deal with this. I don't like what it has done to me. I don't like how it makes me feel. So clearly, the policies at this particular university were a symbol of distrust. Now, I'm going to give you an example. I remember a lady, she bred so much distrust within me about her that it was insane. Now, this all stemmed probably around 2016. And this lady, uh, she was very, very adamant. Of me, right? She was a Korean. Uh, not that it mass- matters, but Korean Thai. So, you know, that's like a double. So, I'm going to have to prove myself double because, again, of course, at her language center, all white teachers. And so, I remember when I first did, uh, what is it, uh, the interview, initial interview back in 2016, she was like, how much do you want per hour? I was like, uh, at least 550 Like, you promised. You promised 600 And she's like, oh, well, with your experience, we'll just give you 350 I was like, bitch, you crazy. <laughs> I said, get the fuck out of here. Uh, <laughs> I said, you lost your motherfucking mind. You know how much it's going to cost for me to even get down here to even take the train and everything, man? Fuck you. Anyways, excuse my French, man. But she ended up coming back. And then she was like, hey, can you do this TOEIC project? And I'm guessing I was like the last in the pecking order because no one else wanted to do it. I was like, deal. I was like, how many students? 300. University? Yes. I was like, I could build my reputation here. And so I did. That she realized how great I was. And so next thing you know, two of her employees, there was one girl by the name, uh, one woman by the name of Kunoi, right? And Kunoi, at the time, she was wonderful. She looked out for me. And I remember she was the first one that actually, you know, she she wanted me to work there. Now, the Korean lady was just a big barricade there. She was the head honcho, but she was the big barricade. So fast forward in it, of course, Kunoi and her friend ended up creating a business outside. And they ended up bringing me on to their place. Now, Kunoi and I, our friendship or our relationship has completely di- – it's diminished over the last year and, a ha- uh, year and a half because, again, I'm 16. I'm angry at my dad syndrome type of shit. You know what I mean? And so Paradigm, they promised me at the end of 2017. She's like, dude, we'll get you a work permit. No problem. And I'm like, oh, my God. I got a job. I got a job in Bangkok. I'm moving there. That bitch disappeared for almost a year. A year. I messaged her. I was like, hey, I'm free. She never emailed me back. Why? Well, I could get into the bureaucracies of everything out here in Thailand. But you guys already know that motherfucking story. Now, excuse my French, man. I'm a, <laughs> It's about to be a preaching up in here. So next thing you know, she contacts me a year later. And she's like, hey, are you still available? I'd like to offer you a full-time contract. After a goddamn year? 
A year later, you want to offer me a full-time contract? So I realized, I was like, ooh, she sounds desperate. Now, at the same token, just months before, there was another job that was pressuring me to hurry up and get the visa and do this and do that. And I'm like, why are you guys pressuring me so much to hurry up and finish everything? And so that's when I got scared because I felt like there was a lot of distrust that was brewing in me and there was an open transparency there. So I said, nah, I ain't going to do this. And so, again, five months later, I'm like, why do you want to offer me a full-time contract now? And so it's funny because next thing you know, we had this interview at this specific place with this Korean lady. And it's really, really it, – it, and you know what? They basically just gave me the rejects. Now, I had two professional witch women, rich women back in 2016, and I ended up seeing one after that uh, X amount of years later uh, – well, like a year later. But nobody wanted to teach her because they weren't serious about teaching. So basically this lady at this specific language center, she would just dump off the, the students who were always canceling to me. Again, ignorance. And that's very, very – that's a lot of distrust. And so I'm like, oh, hell no. Nah. So I'm saying to myself, I didn't really know that until next thing you know, she's like, hey, we have a French businesswoman. Do you want to teach her? I'm like, cool, Monday. She didn't even show up. She's like, oh, I'm so sorry they didn't show – she didn't show up. And the next thing you know, she's like, oh, well, she's not going to learn for the next seven weeks. I'm like, so you want me to block out my schedule in seven weeks' time? Are you serious for a woman that might not even show up? And so I remember I canceled like a few days before. I was like, hey, I can't do it. And she's like, oh, well, and then after that, she's like, and I think it was like a week later. She was like, oh, and this all happened after the interview. So basically, I finally had an interview with this lady, right? And she told me to meet her around 9, 930. I showed up around 920. She said I was late. I said, you said around 9, 930. And so there it was. She immediately pointed out the negative. And then I'm like, red flag. Red flag right off the back because it wasn't about all the times that I was there on time, especially commuted from the other side of town. It was one time that she pointed out the negative. I said, oh, man, fuck you. And then next, you know, she was going over the contract. She was going over this. She was going over that. And I was like, and I remember she said in my mind, I remember she told me, she's like, do you, um, the IELTS, I remember you did a teaching demo two years ago on IELTS, and I just don't think you're, you you could teach that. I think you're better for business communication. Inside, boom, that was it. Now, me, I could have just stopped the interview right there and said, man, here we go. Another fool at – they don't know nothing. These Gen Bs don't want to know anything. It's what they – it's what they – oh, my God. It's just amazing because I'm an IELTS genius. My students, they don't want to – they don't want to hear it because, again – Korean Thai doesn't matter. If I'm in this country, if I'm black, that means I'm therefore I'm a little bit lower. So it doesn't matter what my results are. They still think and believe my capabilities are dog low because the color of my skin. And so then it comes back to that French manager and it all comes into full circle. I remember the last email I sent her and before I blocked her email. Okay, and remember, I did block her email. And this was probably like last October. I can't remember. I really can't remember. It had to be like sometime last year, like October or November. It had to be October because I remember they wanted me to promote their company 
in November, um, and I was like, yeah, it sounds like, and she didn't even want to pay me for it. I was like, oh, hell no, this is a greedy, obviously. If you're doing Thai and Korean here in Thailand combined, you're going to have double the trouble. And so anyways, I sent her that last email. I said, after the interview, I decided that I will not accept that contract. Now, I didn't tell her why. And I should because I'm going to talk very, very straight more often. And then I told her at the same time, hey, I'm not going to be able to take that class Monday morning even. Or, or no, she emailed me back about the Monday class. She's like, oh, on t- okay, I, I think it's best for us. And, you know, the Monday class, she was very happy with learning with another teacher. So, yeah, basically me saying, oh, we'll, we don't have that Monday class anymore. Right after that, boom, blocked. Don't ever contact me again. You're the most useless. Oh, my God. If I Everything I've gone over in terms of the behaviors, she's suffering from. I'm talking about the opposite and the counterfeits. Don't even dare. You guys know this. Your intuition will tell you this in the beginning. And if it doesn't, it's time to start building that up because some of you would go into that and say, oh, well, I need the money. Okay, fine. Do it because you need the money. I've taken jobs because of the money before. And they were some of the worst jobs in the world. But it was only for me to get into the system. So this happens on so many different occasions. It's kind of like, uh, I, you know, it's basically me saying, man, I don't like this. You treat me like a goddamn children. You have zero trust in me in terms of teaching IELTS. Guys, I'm the magi- I've already got my st- – I have the track record. And yet you as a Gen B – and as a, a, a Korean type, whatever you want to call it, I really don't give a damn. But you as an individual, you say I can't do it. Although here's my track record. They're looking at the track record and they're still believing that I can't. They're saying, oh, your demo two years ago. Yeah, two years ago, I was still pretty okay. I was still in the game. I just got into the game. About 100 hours teaching IELTS. Now I got more than 500 hours teaching. It doesn't even matter. I got the track record. I focus on how to pass the garbage test. And that's exactly what I do. I'm a magician at that now. You don't deserve my services. And I remember she went over the salary and she was like, oh, yeah, well, if you teach IELTS, you're going to have to do unlimited uh, essay correcting. I said, motherfucker, unlimited? You're going to pay me for that? And, of course, even before I asked her that question, she was like, oh, we don't pay for that. It's just it's all based on the student's package. And I'm like, oh, well, that package needs to be a hell of a lot more. And I was just amazed. I really was. I was like, you know what? This is why I never came back. The miscommunication over and over, the ignorance, and there was a guy that actually interviewed me, a great guy, Michigan. He came from Michigan. Um, Again, I don't know what background he had, but again, we were people of color. Let's just put it that way, and I hate to really say that, but this is the bureaucracy of Thailand, man, and he, he even said himself about, you know, them praising the older white guys, this, that, and... He only stayed there maybe for a year. And I told her, I said, oh, Matthew's gone. She's like, yeah. I was like, what happened? She's like, oh, well, uh, uh, didn't talk straight. She started hesitating. I know why he left. And I know why all your other employees have have left you high and dry too. Because remember at the beginning of 2017, she was the one that called me a couple of times and sent me messages saying, hey, has anyone who used to work here contacted you? I'm like, no. She sent it again a week later. Hey, has anyone who used to work here contacted you? I'm like, no. Why do you keep asking me that? She's like, oh, well, you don't have to tell me if you don't want to. What the fuck are you talking about? What the hell is going on here? One week later, a lady contacted me. (laughs) And I'm like, yeah. She's like, listen, we know how you teach. 
we no longer work there. We want to give you a contract. We got this lady who works H. She's an HR executive. Can you do it? Boom. That gave me a project. Boom. That gave me another project. Boom. That gave me some work. That gave me about probably 5000 to 10000 US dollars over the course of a year of work on very limited time. Why? Well, because guess what? I had trust. But now that specific lady, yes, there's a lot of distrust. That's why I want to dump her off by the end of the year. And so, guys, this is life. I love dealing with these things. I love talking openly about it because a lot of you guys can relate to it. But you guys also need to know how to handle these situations because a lot of you don't. And that's the biggest problem. So, guys, with that being said, man, ah, there it is, guys, the symbol. So I'm just going to sum this up real quick. The examples that I've already given you, it just shows the impact when structures and systems and things just aren't in line and you just can't promote the trust, okay? You, the people, they don't demonstrate the power. The organizational symbols are all fucked up. They're, co- they're not communicating the underlying paradigms and everything. See, guys, the symbols are powerful. It carries all the value, the disproportionate value. And you know what? They communicate paradigms far more clearly than words. And so, again, you know that whole saying, that the, the, the saying, right? A picture is worth a thousand words. The same can be said of a symbol. And that symbol of distrust, I saw that shit a long time ago with a lot of these places. I remember when I first got my job at the end of 2014 at the Language Center that I've told you, the old, you know, the white guy saying, I don't think you're good enough, all that bullshit. I remember the Kiwi guy, all right, the guy from New Zealand. His first question in the interview was like, how is it being a, a, you know, being a guy of color teaching in Thailand? I said, you know what? It's extremely difficult. And you know what? Right after that, he's like, to be honest with you, there is a little bit of racism here. And of course, he was pointing to the head bitch over there who I had to win trust over. She didn't say hi to me for a year because I was a man of color. The next thing you know, she realized how fucking amazing I was. And then she started kissing and brown nosing my ass. Once I left, she realized that the white teachers there weren't giving her any praise because they already know how two-faced she was. So then she ended up befriending the Ugandan warrior. Why? Because, well, she knows us color people, we talk straight. And she knows that she's a bunch of bullshit. She was racist from the beginning. And she claims that she wasn't, but it was in the organization. It was from the head honchos here in the heart of Bangkok from the very beginning. They promote racism. So, of course, your practice managers at other language centers are going to be racist too. Guys, I can't preach it anymore. I can't be any more real. But I'm just keeping it real. But you know what? It's interesting. I love it. I love it all because you know what? This is what I, of course, will teach to the masses out there over the course of the next 20, 20, you know, 10, 20, 30, 40, 50 years. Obviously, this is all part of life and seeing how people interact and seeing the racial prejudices that some people hold. Hey, such is life. I don't take that shit personal, but I use it as a mechanism to teach because I know a lot of you go through the same thing, but you don't know how to handle it. And so I'm giving you ways on how I handle it. So, guys, with that being said, thank you so much for tuning in to another, of course, the Arsenio Buck Show podcast, man. We're going to get into some more, 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 more good stuff. How to affect the organizational change. And with that being said, man, thanks so so much for tuning in. I'm your host, as always, over and out.